You're listening to the Sheep Spot Podcast, a show for hand spinners about making yarns we love. Sheep Spotters, welcome to episode 23 of the Sheep Spot Podcast. I'm Sasha from SheepSpot.com, where we offer diverse hand dyed wools and the information and support you need to spin them into beautiful yarns. And today we're going to talk about gear. More specifically, we're going to talk about my gear. Uh, and even more specifically than that, we're going to talk about wheels. Next week, I'm going to talk about everything but wheels, uh, and everything but wheels and spindles, I should say. Um, and maybe I should do a little episode on my spindles. Um, let me know if you think that's a good idea. Um, so, but this week I'm going to tell you about the four wheels that I own currently. And I'm also going to tell you about three wheels that I no longer own and why I no longer own them. And along the way, I'm going to talk a bit about managing the accessories that come with wheels and um, storage and all that stuff, how I use different wheels for different types of projects. So if you're in the market for a wheel, or if, if you're in the market for a second or third wheel, this episode may be of interest, and I hope that it's useful to you. Um, so let's just... Uh, dive in. So I learned to spin. I took my spinning lessons on a Louette wheel. I think it was probably an S10. Not sure. Um, and as I believe I've mentioned on this podcast, I was not a good spinner at first. It took me, I don't know, six or eight months to really kind of get to the point where I was consistently making yarn that I, that I liked. Um, I knew that there were certain things about the Louette wheel that I wasn't entirely comfortable with, even though at the time I couldn't have even described them to you. Um, I now realize that I was really fighting with the take up because the, the Louette wheels, most of them are bobbin lead and they have really ferocious take up and it's hard to get the tension really as light as I now know that I like it. Um, so I think that was probably a lot of the struggle that I was having. Um, and my spinning teacher sold Louette wheels and I did a little research. As I say, I knew so little about what I was doing. Um, but I happened upon Abby Frankamont's blog and Abby Frankamont had a really useful blog post about um, good first wheels. And this was probably, this blog post was probably from like 2007 or 2008. And one of the wheels that she mentioned, she talked about the Louette wheels and she talked about the take up. And I recognize that as something that, you know, had I'd been struggling with. And she mentioned a few other wheels in that blog post. And one of them was the shacked ladybug. And so I looked at the ladybug online and I really loved the look of it. Um, the design of it really appealed to me. Um, I love that it, you know, sort of has this kind of sleek 
modern thing about it. And I loved the red plastic wheel. Um, and I loved the fact that it had a tiny ladybug attached to it. Um, so I sort of resolved that I would, I would look for one and try it out. Um, and I think there were some other ones that I was considering at the time. I can't even really remember what they were. But um, shortly, while all this was going on, I went to the Vermont Fiber Festival, and there was actually a ladybug there on sale. And it was the day before my birthday, and so I just bought it. Um, and I have never regretted that wheel for a second. I adore it. I still spin on it all the time. And... I just really, it, we just get along really well. It, um, it's a very comfortable wheel for me. It's, I love how lightweight it is. I can, you know, just carry it around the house. It's relatively portable. So before I got an actual folding wheel, it was easy to, for me to just put it in the car and take it to a class or whatever. Um, and I loved also that it came with a wide range of, whirls or some people call them pulleys um so the so the ladybug comes with a medium whirl and a fast whirl but you can get a much wider range of ratios than that than comes with the wheel by just buying additional whirls and i um i think i now have all the ones that are available for the ladybug and I really liked that about it. I really liked that if I wanted to um, go on to a matchless or another shacked wheel, that the flyer and the whirls and the bobbins were all usable with any shacked wheel. So I had the ladybug, I think I had it probably for about a year and a half. And I was still really a uh, really new spinner and um, I didn't have a lot of in-person instruction available to me near me. So um, it was probably about, I was really struggling with spinning fine yarns on the ladybug. And I still, um, it's, it's still really not my go-to wheel for spinning very fine yarns. And I was at a class uh, at the spinning loft. This was back in the day when Beth Smith owned it and it was still in Michigan. And I was at a class there and I was um, I had my ladybug with me and I tried the shacked matchless and I found it much easier to spin a fine yarn on the matchless. And so of course that meant that I needed to have the matchless. <laughs> um, so I brought home the matchless and I really, we just never hit it off. I just, uh, I never learned to love that wheel. And, um, and I, I always, I, it was set up in double drive and I had a lot of trouble adjusting to double drive at that point. I didn't really fully understand how it worked. Um, I found the, um, I mean, you can do, with the matchless, you can do really, really subtle adjustments to that wheel. And I think maybe I just wasn't a good enough spinner at that point to really appreciate it. Um, and it may also have been that there was something actually, there's something off about that wheel. And um, 
And I actually know this because when I took it back to um, later in the story, I traded it in for a different wheel. And when I took it back to Beth at the spinning, spinning loft, and Beth is like a wheel mechanics genius. Um, and she spun out on it and she said, you know, something's up with it. And I think before she resold it, um, I think she just took it apart and put it back together again. And it was, uh, and then it was fine. But anyway, it was a, it was a bit of a struggle with the matchless. And I don't actually, I don't regret having gotten rid of it. I don't regret having bought it. I think it was, you know, I needed to try it, but uh, it ended up just not being for me. Um, so the next wheel I bought, so at that point, I at this point, I still had the ladybug and I still had the mattress. And then the next wheel that I bought was a Canada, uh, a Canada production wheel. And I'm lucky enough to live in a place where very near me, there is a um, a very smart and wonderful woodworker who specializes in antique spinning wheels. Um, his name is Reed Needles. And he's known as the wheelwright on Ravelry. If you hang out in the Canada production wheel group, you will know his name. And the reason I wanted a CPW was that I couldn't really wrap my head around spending the money to buy the wheel that I really wanted, which was a Shacked Reeves wheel. And so here's the story of the Shacked Reeves wheel, or the first part of that story. I, when I went to take my first class, actually, at the spinning loft, I spun on Beth's Shacked Reeves wheel, which was way too much wheel for me at that point. But I just, I loved everything about it. I loved, Beth had a cherry one, it was gorgeous. And I loved everything about it. And I just, I just wanted one. But they're, I mean, they were less expensive then, but they're, you know, they're a substantial investment. And I just wasn't, I knew that I wasn't really ready for it. And anyway, so, so I thought, well, you know, if I want a really fast wheel for spinning, you know, twisty fine yarns, I could get a CPW for like $450 and get a really nice one. And, you know, that could be sort of my production wheel. And so I bought uh, this really lovely CPW that um, I spun on quite a lot and which I loved a lot. I really did love that wheel. Um, and, she had all her original parts uh, and was in really good shape. And Reed had done a really good job with her. Um, it was really a great wheel. Um, most CPWs have the orifice on the left side. And I really prefer in a Saxony wheel to have the orifice on the right side. Because I, when I'm doing long draw, I am... Um, pulling back with my left hand. And I find it just much more comfortable to be pulling across my body that way um, because there's no twisting involved. And also the position of the treadle on that wheel was just not great for me ergonomically. But 
um, I wasn't ready to part with her yet. So I, um, so I didn't spin on, on her a huge amount because of these ergonomic issues. It just wasn't that comfortable, but, um, and then Schacht came out with the sidekick and I knew that I wanted a travel wheel and I'd been looking at different travel wheels and, um, the minute I tried the sidekick, I was in love with it. And in fact, that is still my favorite wheel to this day is my, my sidekick. It's my go-to. Um, there's something about the way it is configured that is just extremely comfortable for me to use. And I adore it. I adore that wheel. So at that point, I had the Ladybug, the Matchless, the CPW, and the Lady, uh, oh, sorry, and the Sidekick. And so, and I decided that I really was going to just go all in and get myself a Shack Reeves as well. This was back in the days before Sheep Spot when I still had lots of disposable income. It now seems insane to me that I had all these wheels. But anyway, um, so I decided that I was going to have Beth order me a Schacht Reeves. I wanted the 30 inch in ash with, because one of the things about the Schacht Reeves is that you can choose which side because they, they make them custom for you. Um, you can decide where you want the orifice to be. So I um, ordered one in ash, 30 inch wheel orifice on the right hand side. And uh, and the plan was that I was going to uh, give up my matchless in, uh, as a trade-in for part of the price of the uh, Shacked Reeves. So I'll tell you the story of the Shacked Reeves in a moment. But when the Shacked Reeves came, I still had the CPW. And it really seemed like they're very similar wheels. I mean, in terms of what they're good at. And so I decided at that point to sell the CPW. So I just put an ad on the, um, the CPW group and Ravelry. I found a lovely person, um, to buy her. And I actually brought her down to Maryland Sheep and Wool and passed her off there. And that all went beautifully. So, um, and I hope that the person who bought her is very happy with her. Um, so, okay. So at this point I've got in this point in the story, I've got still got my ladybug, which I love. I've traded in the matchless on the Shacked Reeves. I've given up my Canada production wheel and I still have my sidekick, which really you're going to have to pry for my cold dead hands. So the Shacked Reeves arrives and Beth put it together for me and I brought it home and the treadle squeaked. And I don't mean it squeaked a little, it really squeaked loudly. Like it was complaining about like something was off. And so this was my, my second shacked wheel in a row. And I love shacked products. I think they do really great stuff, but, um, it just turns out once I tell you the story that I, I didn't have that great luck with them. Um, given that the matchless was a little funny too. So the Shaktries had the squeak and I could not 
I could not get rid of it. I took it apart. I put it back together. I oiled everything that I could possibly think of to oil. I tried it on different surfaces. I tried it with different chairs. I just, and the, and this squeak was driving me nuts. And so finally, after about a month of this, I called up Beth and I said, okay, we got to get some help with this because Beth and I had been troubleshooting and she'd actually looked, I had brought it back to Michigan. She had looked at it. We could not figure out what was going on. So finally, she called um, Cindy Laird at Shack, who's the Shack production manager. And Cindy and I started emailing back and forth. Well, have you tried this? Have you tried that? Have you tried this? And finally, she said, do me a favor, just check to see if the tape, the back of the table, because it's a Saxony wheel, so it has a, it has a sort of flat piece um, that holds up the, um, holds up the wheels, the wheel and the maidens. She said, just check with a level and see if the back of the table is level. And lo and behold, the back of the table was not level. And so I emailed her back and said, no, it's not level. What do I do? And she explained to me how to fix it. And we fixed it. And it has never made a sound since then. And it is a fabulous, I love it. I love that wheel. It's a fabulous wheel. Um, I went for a long time without spinning on it. And I just, this fall, no, actually not this fall, more recently than that. Um, just actually a couple months ago, spun a skein of sock yarn on it and, um, and just completely fell in love with it again. I'm really, really glad I have it. It's a beautiful object. And it's, I experienced it as quite fussy when I first got it. That was partly getting used to the dr double drive. It was par partly the fact that it was fussy because it was squeaking at me. But, once I got her broken in and she sort of, I think also it was the climate change from Colorado to here that some moisture transfer had to happen and just had to kind of get used to this climate. But when I started spitting on her uh, a couple months ago, she, she was absolutely perfect and easy and fabulous. So I'm really, really glad that I stuck that out. So then I got it into my head that I needed a mini spinner. And this was partly because I was flying to, at that point I was going to the Madrona Fiber Arts Retreat in Tacoma, Washington. I was going every year. And the sidekick is, you know, folds up wonderfully and you can put it in a suitcase, but it's a, you know, it's a, it means an extra suitcase, for example. So I decided that I must, here's Zora squeaking at me. I decided that I must absolutely must have a mini spinner. So I saved up my pennies and I bought one. And I learned that I really 
like treadling. And here's how I learned that. So when I got the mini spinner, I parked it on my coffee table and I put, you know, a movie or maybe a movie marathon of some kind, um, some sort of binge watching experience on television. And I spun for like three hours without taking a break. And I um, really, I gave myself tennis elbow and uh, I had to spend a lot of time with the physical therapist. And I thought, okay, this isn't for me because I'm going to forget to take breaks and I'm going to spin for three hours and injure myself. So that and the fact that I just, not being able to regulate the speed like having to think about how to regulate the speed of the mini spinner um, felt very unwieldy to me because when you're treadling, you don't have to think about it. You just, you know, you just sort of naturally slow your feet down or stop your feet. And somehow learning to do that with my hand was just, it just felt it just felt unwieldy to me. And so between that and the injury, I decided that I would sell it. So um, I put it on Ravelry and it's actually sold pretty quickly. And I hope the person who has it loves it. Uh, but it was not, it was not for me because I like the treadling. Zora is here on my lap and she is purring. So you may be hearing that. So my most recent wheel, as I have mentioned, I reviewed it in episode three, is the Lindrum Double Treadle Complete. And that is the wheel that lives at the studio. And I love that wheel. I think it's a great wheel. I think the pricing is uh, really, really good right now. And... I'm really glad I bought it. It's versatile. It's easy. It's sensitive uh, in the ways that I want it to be sensitive and, you know, uh, unfussy in other ways. And uh, I think it's a, it's a great wheel and I'm really glad I have it. So just a few things about my kind of philosophy of wheels and how I manage different projects on different wheels. So one thing that I that I always do, and I sort of have made this a practice, and I'm glad that I have, is that I always, when I can, um, or as I can, I always get all the accessories for all my wheels, because I want them to be as useful and as versatile as possible. So when I got the Lendrum, I wanted to be sure that I got um, all of the um, different flyers so that I had the wi widest possible range of ratios. Um, as I mentioned, I have all the whirls for the sidekick. They all fit on my um, ladybug as well. And I do have the bulky flyer and bobbin for the lady ladybug and the sidekick. I only use it when I am spinning a really, really textured yarn. I don't like using a bulky 
flyer when I don't absolutely need to, but it's great to have it when I do. Um, so I, I tend to put it on the sidekick for specific tasks and then take it off and go back to the regular one. Cause I just think, you know, in terms of the physics of how the thing works, it's a lot easier to be pushing around uh, the regular sized flyer and bobbin as the much larger one. Um, so that's, that's one thing. And I, I think that that's a good policy. And I think that it's actually pushed me as a spinner to have the most versatility that I can possibly get out of my wheels. Um, I also, as I, I believe I mentioned in the wheel maintenance episode, I do try to keep spare parts for all my wheels on hand at all times. So I'm always ready to kind of make a fix if I need to. Um, and when I'm home, I ha- at, I usually have my ladybug set up for plying, which means that I have my woolly winder on it. I don't really like to spin with a woolly winder um, because I find you can't, I, I can't get the take up as light as I want to for spinning certain yarns, but I love that strong take up when I'm plying and I love not having to change hooks when I'm plying. So most of the time my woolly winder is on my sidekick and I, uh, is, sorry, is on my ladybug. And I think of that as my plying wheel. And uh, if I'm spinning a, a kind of average uh, sort of, diameter or grist of yarn. I generally do that on my sidekick. If I am trying to spin a very fine yarn, or if I am trying to spin um, a big project long draw, I will do that on my shacked reeves, just because it is, a, it, it's a really lovely machine for spinning fine yarns. And long draw is just much more comfortable on that wheel. Um, because of the position of the orifice than it is on any of my other wheels. So that's what I use the shacked reefs for. And I pretty much use the um, the sidekick and the lendrum for everything else. And as I say, the lendrum lives at the studio, so I like to have a project going there for when I'm waiting for a dye pot to do something or something to cool or heat up or there's a lot of waiting around in, in dying. So it's nice to have a wheel at the studio for when I'm doing those things. Um, when I travel, I usually take the sidekick. I have a suitcase that uh, fits, fits it really well. If I'm driving, I'll just put it in the backseat of my car, put the seatbelt on it. I don't bother to fold it up in that case. Um, but if I'm, if I'm flying, then I will obviously fold it up and put it into a a suitcase with lots of padding. Um, and I'm just checking my notes to see if there's anything else. I don't think so. I think that's, I think that's the story of me and my wheels and the story of how I, you know, sort of think about their particular strengths and talents and use those to my advantage. Um, I think one of the morals of this story, as I, I, I hadn't really thought of this until I, I went through all this, but is 
don't be afraid to decide that a wheel isn't for you. Um, if there, you know, if something's not working well, if you're not comfortable with something, if something's being fussy and too much trouble, any of those things is going to mean that you spin less. And I am all about spinning more. I just think we all need to spin more because it'll make us happy and happy will make the world a better place. So yeah, that's, I think that's the moral of the story. Don't be afraid to, to really insist on having tools that you love to work with and your wheel should absolutely be a thing that you love to work with. All right, guys, that is it for me this time. So as I mentioned, next week, I'll be back with another episode about gear. And I'm going to be talking about Lazy Kate's Nitty Noddies and prep tools, also record keeping and uh, all of that good stuff. I wanted to mention I've been doing some live lessons on Instagram this week. And I've really, really enjoyed it. And so I've decided that I want to do some Instagram lives to accompany the podcast episodes where it would be useful probably to have some visuals and where you might have some questions that you might like to ask me live. So I am going to be doing those. I'm not going to do one next week, but I'm going to start doing them the week after. I'm not committing to doing them every week. Just to be clear, but, um, but when I do them, I'm going to be doing them Wednesday nights at 6.30 Eastern time. So if you think that this is something that you might want to get involved with and hang out with me live on Instagram, um, mark your calendars for Wednesday, May 16th at 6.30 because I will be showing you the tools that I'm going to talk about in next week's episode and answering questions about them. Uh, And if you can't make it live at 6.30 Eastern, they will be available in my Instagram stories for 24 hours after they end. Um, But you need to be following me on Instagram to get access to them. So uh, head on over to instagram.com slash sheepspot and follow me. Uh, And I will really, I really look forward to seeing you there. I hope you join me. Um, Yes. So if you haven't followed me on Instagram and you're an Instagram person, go do it right now while you think of it. Thank you so much for listening. I'm going to see you next week. I'm really looking forward to it. In the meantime, dude, go spin something. Bye.